Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry talking about the greatest movies of all time and the ones that are in theaters uh, this weekend and beyond. Uh, I'm Mike Rags. Chuck Curry going to come in here in a second. And out this weekend is a quasi-disaster movie uh, with uh, Moonfall hitting theaters, uh, along with Jackass, the new Jackass movie. I don't want to short Jackass and uh, all the great work Johnny Knoxville has done, but we're going to talk about the weird career of Roland Emmerich uh, which started way back in the 80s and somehow he's made uh, i don't know every movie he's come out with almost seems to be as crazy as the next and not as good as the next but we'll talk about that because chuck and i are both disaster fans and see how well he actually did in his career and we've got some movie news wrapped up in there as well and a whole heck of a lot of fun chuck how you doing my friend I'm doing really good. Let me ask you a question, Mike, right off the bat with the disaster trend reemerging here with Moonfall, because I mean, the buzz that is might be incredible. that might be stretching a little bit of reemerging here. <laughs> OK, <laughs> this any might chance, be a one off. <laughs> any chance they re- do a remake of City on Fire? Oh, I don't know. Um, or just fire <laughs> with an exclamation point <laughs> or flood. Uh, yeah, I don't I know. know. No, I like flood. That was a T. I was a TV. That was Earl now when he started doing some TV disaster flood and fire. I yeah. like them. I like Flood, Robert Culp. All right. Take it easy now. Uh, look, what, I'm you know, excited. When, one... you t- when you hold on a second, I got my list here in my right hand. We could do another. We could off the top of my head. I'll do a disaster show right now. Let's do it. <laughs> we could on the cuff do a disaster show. There's no doubt about it. Um, now, Moonfall, neither one of us have seen it. Um, in fact, you made the comment that if it was streaming, you'd watch it. So Probably. that goes to show you uh, our excitement level for this one. Um, is there any sense that somebody's going to the theaters to see this this weekend? Well, the tracking came out. This is what they're projecting. Jackass Forever actually is going to score pretty good at the box office, b- blowing past expectations. $20 million plus opening. They're marketing that well. I'm not surprised, actually. And also, it's, it's, it, you know, believe it or not, it's actually getting really good critical buzz. Uh, good. They say, you know, after COVID, this is the movie to see. You'll laugh. Mindless. Yeah, mindless you'll, stuff. You'll, yeah. you'll laugh. You'll vomit. Whatever. <laughs> And then and then Moonfall uh, might laugh million. and vomit at Moonfall for different reasons, though. Nine, right? nine, nine million. Obviously, you know, it has a has to have a budget. Right. So not the opening they want. Nine yeah, million barely. Would, would you assume nine million barely covers the casting uh, costs? Pro- probably it, it, it probably it barely covers the um, the catering bill. Yeah. No, here's know. the thing. I want I, I, to balance it to this. Well, you could say what you want to say, but. This brings up a point. The average, because the average, I was reading this, the average marketing budget for a, 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 a high concept movie, you know, that has a production value that they put in theaters, 3,000 screens or more, has a, has a marketing budget domestically of between 30 and $40 million, right? Now, here's a question for you. The Super Bowl, which is a week from this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl commercials, 32nd all-time high, 6.5 million for 30 seconds, up 18% year to year. Last year was 5 million. Would you spend six and a half million dollars on a 30-second trailer? Now they're going to do it for that the Sandra Bullock Channing Tating movie, right? They're going to do it for that. Uh, Are we going to see a Jurassic World trailer? I don't know. There's some of them they don't know. Like they, 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 they're going to do a trailer to. 
They're going to most likely going to do a, a trailer to Doctor Strange too. Obviously, you can afford to do that one. I would think right? Netflix is going to have a lot of trailers too, right? I mean, they can spend the money as well, and they just released all their slate of films coming out in 2022. Ma- Maverick, Top Gun Two is going to be a trailer. Well, they My just question- did that in, the, in the championship game with Tom Cruise. They did like an interactive yeah. sort of coming attraction to that one. But my point is, if your if your marketing budget was thirty, let's say thirty million. Now, I don't think Moonfalls is thirty to forty million. I'm going to say twenty million to promote it, right? Yeah, I, I can't believe they could spend forty million dollars on that. But anyway, would you spend six and a half million dollars on thirty seconds during the Super Bowl? I don't know if I would because I don't know. You know, here I know you get the launch. You get the launch. If it's a good trailer, you get buzz. Yeah, but. Wouldn't six and a half million be better suited just going all over social media? I would think so. You're going to get more bang for your buck. You're going to get more bang for your buck. Yeah. Because once this debuts on Super Bowl, that's where everybody's going to watch it. Right. So uh, I would I would think it's money better well spent than spending it all on a 30 second ad. It's not like it used to be. Right. It's it's just not like it used to be. And I also read that Netflix this year producing. Uh. 86 feature films. That's the most by far of any entity in terms well, of studio. And you're going to get it's one. Lot, you're going to get a new movie every Friday. It seems like too on Netflix. We talk about that Kevin J- Kevin James movie. <laughs> I mean, I talked a little bit about it last week. There's really not much to say. What's the name of it? You, you're just going to get. That's the whole point, Chuck. You don't even know the name of it. I'm not going to waste 10 minutes on a film you can't even remember the name of. Why do you get? We talked about it last week. I said it. It's yeah, we, a movie that had a good it. subject we, we, matter to it, and they made an inane movie about it. But why would they might, say. what's the name of it, please? So home the team. Knows. Okay, home team. I watched it, right? I watched it on Netflix in my in my uh, ice cream parlor. Yeah. When nobody was there. So here, here's the deal. I'm why and I like Kevin James because I love Into the Boom, which I told you, right? We talked about that this movie last had week. a production You're, value. Right, this movie right. had no production. It had like the it, they, it was, they spent nothing on it. Yeah. The script was like written on a handkerchief at a, at a lunch meeting, right? Yeah. It, got, it, it has all this the stupidity of of an the Adam Sandler Adam, movie. Yes, yes. yes. Well, I like some of Adam Sandler's movies, but this has all this real this. It, it, my point is the subject matter or the story didn't lend itself to that goofiness. Correct. I don't understand a marriage. I don't understand what, what they were going for here. All right. Weird. That, it's just weird. Yeah. And we've we've wasted five minutes on two shows. And I'm, I don't think anybody's even streaming this movie, to be honest with you. Um, I think it, oh, no, it's in the top five. Yeah, well. On Netflix. That's what yeah, they say. That's what, that's what they, they told me. That's why I was interested. Yeah. Oh, well, it's number two. I got to watch it. Yeah. Something tells me they fidget those numbers a little bit. So you're watching. Oh, no, I can't believe some, that. Some things. Um, I, I Don't you find it a little concerning, though, or not concerning? It's weird yeah. that we have not seen one Jurassic World uh, promo or I think trailer. they did one. For, I think in the Olympics they did. Uh, I don't know. If yeah, the, yeah, the movie, Olympics they, one is a total mock up of all yeah, Olympics. It's a mock-up, right? Yeah, it's not the movie. Yeah, it's um, June 10th. It off. comes out. We have no I mean, by now we would have seen something. When's it come out? June 10th. I would think so. Where's Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Lord Dern? I mean, I am a little surprised that maybe I hope this isn't them hedging their bets that they might move it. And I, that's what worries me that we haven't see seen that. We haven't seen a trailer yet. Um, all right, Chuck. Don't well, you think Spider-Man No Way Home eradicated that fear with the bigger movies. No, I well, it is going to pa- didn't I see that it is going to pass Avatar this coming weekend or something? I thought yeah. I saw that stat. It's going to be That's the all time domestic. Now, uh, now, here's a question. I understand why they kicked that the, the Downton Abbey, Abbey movie sequel to April from March. I get that. That makes that sort of right. makes sense. But you know, younger people, they're going to go to the movies. They want to see the movie. They're going to go. 
Chuck, I want to uh, yeah. bring up, and I, I don't think you've started watching yet, but I did watch the first three episodes of uh, uh, Pam and Tommy. And I got to tell you, it's very enjoyable to watch the transformation that these two stars, Lily James and Sebastian Stan, have made into these two characters are phenomenal. Um, he does. Now, the guy who did I, Tanya, is the one behind making is there, this is miniseries. There a point, is there a point, other than to entertain yeah. you? Yeah, what there is they, a point. What, are they saying? It, what is this it's, saying? It's showing saying? the emergence of the Internet and how this film, there was no such thing as a sex tape before something like this that exploded on the Internet and how these guys found the niche into making a domain online to get the wraparound of not getting a, uh, uh, a release form signed by these two stars. And that's how they made their money. It's really the, the back. It shows you the back channels of how these this idiot found this tape and somehow they made uh, they made a uh, millions on it. So I I'm three episodes in. I believe there's eight or ten and it's really enjoyable. It's he does it a lot like he did. I, Tanya, um, which is a really good movie. Yeah, it was done very well. And and the two stars, I cannot believe who I'm watching. And they're just you think you're watching Pam and Tommy. I would highly wow, recommend really cool. it. I and it's Hulu. It's very rated R, too. I mean, there's sex language. I mean, it's not. It's not for the kids. It's definitely something that would be in our rating in the theaters. And uh, I, I find that uh, very interesting of the stars involved and how well they're pulling it off. Oh, by the way, I did see another Bruce Willis trailer. This time he's starring with Kevin Dillon and Frank Grillo again, Chuck, in a day to die. Tell me about it. Uh, Ke Kevin Dillon, good guy or bad guy in the movie? Good guy. OK, Bruce is a bad guy in this one. Again, and he's ball. He's got the balding receding hairline and a beard in this one to change things up a little bit for uh, mm -hmm. for Bruce. Um, it just keeps coming. It's like every month now there's a different movie with this guy in it. When he get when when he cuts these deals, right? What is what say he gets an email or he send him a script FedEx or what? Does he like does he laugh? Does he like start laughing? Like, I can't think, take this stuff seriously. No. I get yeah, I don't I don't understand it. I mean, does he like when he's about to say action? Is he in character? Is he like thinking this is my motivation behind this or is guy? He like Brando, is he reading cue cards? I'm that serious. could be too. Frank is. Grillo's got a cue card on his uh, T-shirt that he's reading. I don't know, dude. I, I, would, and I feel I bad. Would, I want Frank I, Grillo out of these movies. I, I know it, it's impossible for him. You know, to it's, not, a shame, it's a shame Frank Grillo was around in the, you know, in the 80s. He would have been. He yeah, made, he would have hit. Yeah, he probably would have. Chuck, but, I you saw know, when he did one of those purge, two of the purge movies. There was one that was very similar. It felt like Escape from New York. He's really good. That, that movie's good. And he's really yeah, good. He's and great. I was watching. I said, wow, this guy's got this guy's good. It never even really in the small, even in the small Marvel roles he has with the yeah. Captain America. He's good in that, too. And he's not getting younger, though. No, he's not. He's he's uh, he's not. I, I did see Scream 6 officially greenlit by Paramount Spyglass, uh, Chuck. So. Question yeah, it's is, done, it's done over 100 million worldwide. I guess that's enough for them to say, hey, let's keep the ball rolling here. Did have they we, bring back the original cast? Yeah, again? I don't know. Have we seen this movie yet? I have not seen it yet. Have you? I have not either. No, nope. I don't know. I don't know why I haven't seen it, but uh, I guess it's not on Apple Plus yet. That's probably why I haven't seen it. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, another one. Uh, you think they'll make uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 3, Chuck? There's a lot of momentum for Andrew Garfield to be I, back I think, in the Sony I think, pictures. I think. You have to believe that the brain trust at Marvel, you know, Sony's probably saying, you know what? Why not? Here's the question. Why not? Well, it'd be him, right? That would hold up the project. I would think yeah. more than anything else, right? Who, Andrew Garfield? Yeah, Andrew Garfield. Oh, come on. He'd do it. Are you well, kidding me? I don't think has, there's, has, I'm, I'm sure there's has, plenty of money they could offer. 20 million, he has 20 million. Come on. He's going to do it. 
Uh, I, I like I love the idea. Why not Toby Maguire in a Spider-Man movie? Yeah, why not? Why not? I don't Toby know if you could do, do I don't know if you could do both though. I think you gotta be careful the oversaturation of of an idea. But I honestly I if you if you let as long as Marvel controls the creative process, uh, yeah, why not? One of the Sony th- control it. Yeah, no. No. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up, and then I'll see if you got anything, but I did see John LaRoquette is back as the narrator for the reboot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix. Remember, you watch he nar- that trailer? That's a pretty good trailer. It's a pretty good trailer. Remember, he yeah. narrated the original, too. Yeah. So um, they've made a lot of uh, Chainsaw movies, Chuck, and they're do- rebooting it again. But getting him back has got to add a little a little something, a little spice to the to the new. Yeah, reboot. I mean, I think it's listen, it's, it's going to be the eyeballs are going to be on it because it's on Netflix, right? Yeah. They're going to promote it. I, the trailer, the, the, tra- the scene on the on the bus was like, holy, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens. There are right. not. Listen, if you if you like horror or you just say, you know, you have any interest in it's hard not to be spooked by somebody running around with a chainsaw. Right. And that, wearing it, a fake face. Yeah, I, it's yeah. pretty scary. I mean, you know, it's pretty scary. Uh, all right, Chuck, what do you got as far as uh Movie news. I, I did. I did read that the, the Dakota Fanning is reportedly going to play the first female in Sony. Sony's spearheading this Sony Marvel Universe, but Sony spearheading it. Uh, Madame Web is sort of like a Doctor Strange character. I think she's blind and catatonic. Like I, I, I read the synopsis and I'm like, <laughs> this is like what? I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, and I like her. But yeah, yeah. It's hard. To, I, I can't get excited over that concept. Yeah, probably not. I'm, I'm, it's hard to get. I just finished watching The Eternals, and I scratching my head. It's like, how did this movie with this ever get made with this amount of budget behind it? I, I I'm going to tell. You, I'm going to tell you about like the again. We just went into the Andrew Garfield possibility, Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man three. The fan service stuff is just exploding. Uh, Paramount Plus is negotiating with six of the stars of uh, Criminal Minds. Um, to bring that series back. Interesting. Uh, Joe Montagna, uh, Paget Brewster, Aisha Tyler. They're all in negotiations to come back. Um, A little AJ cook. We can get AJ cook back too. Cause I'm not going to watch without uh, her. Elizabeth Mitchell Mitchell. How about uh, we're going to get Claus in the Santa Claus series with Tim Allen at Disney plus. So it's all, it's all listen, like we said, you know, years ago when you had, when there were ideas to do fan service stuff, it's like, oh, it's not possible. We don't have the money. It's not realistic. They're not coming back now. It's the trend. Yeah. When money meets demand of the fans and they can match it with the money, then things can happen like that. And yes. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and is, a, is a saying in business called the trend is your friend. Right. Right. And, and, and the trend is in a positive flow here. The fans are embracing it. These these projects can make money. It, it, it hypes people up. It gets them excited. I like that. I, I, I like the idea of a lot of this stuff. I do. Yeah. Well, because it pleases the fans, right? It's yes, made for the fans. Nothing, yeah. Like if you're going to do, if you're going to do, um, well, you know, one of the pet peeves that people still, it's, it's like a knife in the back. If when you, and I like the movie, but JJ uh, Abrams for a Star Wars movie, right? A lot of people still to this day have a problem. If you're going to bring, if you're going to bring, if you're going to bring back, well, Luke's not in it yet. It just at the very, if you, but in, in hypothetically, if you're going to bring Luke, Han, and Leia, like how in the world do you not have a scene with them right. or be them be the right. focal point of the movie? At least the Jurassic World Dominion 
they say that Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Star and together. Laura Dern have yeah. equal pa- equal star uh, screen time as Dallas Bryce Howard and Chris Pratt. That's the way it should be. You yeah. like the last Jurassic Park movie, which I think upon reviewing, that is a weird movie. It is a weird after Jurassic World. They condense the scope yeah. so much. It's like it's like dinosaurs in a haunted house, right? Yeah, it's yeah. very well done, but it's weird. But they okay. Let's get Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, let him do like a like a little bit of a extended cameo in a, yeah, in a extended course, monologue. That's all he does. He does a monologue. Dumb. Yeah, it's like to me that is the that is like okay. People want something, right? They want it. The audience wants something, and you're you're basically giving the middle. No, you're what you're doing is you're tying you're tying a noose. Around what the people want, and you're pulling it back. Why? Give it well, to them. Because the danger is, yeah. and we'll probably talk about this later on. The fans yeah. wanted another Independence Day, and you got to make sure the product product is right, and you got got to make sure you get it right. And the, what these smaller streaming servers lend they lend themselves to developing more time to a story. There's no rush to get it in the screen and go to production without a script and out the right script. You know, it almost seems like, hey, we got to make Independence Day. They waited all this time to get it right. And the script is so wrong. There's to me, you 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 put it on a smaller scale. I think you got a better chance of pleasing the audience. But here, here's it. I'm going to bring another scenario to you. George Lucas. OK, original Star Wars trilogy. And great, then Phantom. Right. And then Phantom. Okay, you know, yeah. and, and American Graffiti. Great film. Right. Mm-hmm. So. There's theories of, oh, he had a lot of talent around him, cinematographer, right. producing talent. So then he does the three Star Wars prequels, three, not one, not two, but three. He yeah. had three chances. And let's be honest, he got they're all not good. He got they're, maybe they're a, not, half, you know, the, the a half of okay. one right. Yeah, right. The third one's OK. But overall, you say to yourself, is that really the same person? who did the original in American Graffiti. Is that the same person? And is this the same guy that influenced the last Indiana Jones too much that put it off the rails there? And that was bad. And maybe J.J. Abrams is like, dude, you just sit over there in in that chair. I'll take it from here. And thank God he didn't uh, meander into any of the story arcs in the in the last three Star Wars. I agree. Those three movies are very perplexing to me. But in in retrospect, because we're never going to get it back in terms of a pop culture fan base, the fact that Han and Luke and Leah, well, were not in, yeah. in a, no, I'm just saying the fact that they didn't give that to us. I got to be honest with you. Uh, outside sad of you in a way. Uh, yeah, no. I don't, I never thought of it oh, when I, I was heard, watching heard so many people tell me that. So I many never, people. but when bitter, you, bitter, did you think bitter. I wasn't like sitting there saying, why didn't they put, I never thought of it. Maybe because he's not in the first I movie. Was waiting, listen, I did, I was waiting for Luke to pop up somewhere and then, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's sort of like teased right at the end. I, I think that people are ultra critical of those three movies because no, but I like I like the first one a lot. A I lot. like all three of them a lot. I like all three also. Yeah, they're all, I like all three, they're all good. But I really like the first one. They're all very rewatchable and they all have new characters that are very, very uh, appealing. Uh, and then I, I don't understand the criticism. It's just like people oftentimes review what they'd want to see instead of what they did see. And sometimes you can get in trouble doing that. Um, do you have any other uh, movie news or this day in movies or whatever and anything. I, I only thing I got is uh, Kevin Costner is going to direct a Western called Horizon is reportedly a pet project of his. They just renewed uh, his TV show on Paramount. Uh, First directing Yellow, since, since Open Range, five, right? Yeah, he's only directed four movies. I didn't realize that. Yeah. He felt, he's like his 
directorial uh, bio would be was was bigger. He did um, he did Dances with, Dances with Wolves, which he won the Oscar, right? Yep. He did the po- the Postman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did um, Open Range, and, and this will be his fourth. Yeah, that's hard. By the play. way, um, if you haven't seen Open Range, it is a really good western. With yeah, him it is Robert really Duvall. good. It's a very good movie. What, you don't like the Postman? What's the story? Mm. Yeah, it's a little uh, overblown. Yeah, sorry. It's a little overblown. It has its moments, though. It has a huge heart, but that rubber band of plausibility is stretched. Yeah, like it's... super, super. When there's a, you know, I have a, a theory with with, and there's a lot of critics that don't like, like, oh, it's sentimental. Like that's the reason, like, so many critics didn't like Patch Adams or Robin Williams, right? I actually love that movie, but it makes me feel good, so I like it. Here's the thing: if you stretch plausibility too much the rubber band breaks and it goes starts to go off the rails and the postman had that issue by the way if you were holding your breath for the sequel to den of thieves it's going to happen i don't know if you saw this uh, gerard butler is going to fo- follow up oh, den of baby. thieves to pantera so yeah. this is uh where's that nope. going to stream where's i wish up up someone's butt is where it's going to Let me ask you another question. How's Liam Neeson getting these B movies into theaters? I don't know. I guess I don't they know. need some product in theaters, he is, right? He is definitely the winter king, man. Any every winter of his career, there's some there's some Liam Neeson movie. Uh it's incredible. And he's got to be please say he's in his 70s now, isn't he? I mean, this guy's no, pu- he's, he's, he's pushing his, it at he's least. 69. Jeez. Um Chuck, let's do uh fast 5 here. And I'll start with someone that's near and dear to your heart. Um, and I'd really like you to narrow it. And it, it's kind of easy to narrow it down. But, you know, Jay, um, George A. Romero would have had a birthday this weekend. He would have been 82 years old. He died at 77, still relatively young. And I know George A. Romero, I mean, he, he changed the zombie movie. Or I guess he, I don't know if he changed it or if he just introduced it to us. He's the king of the zombie movies. Let's he just is. say that. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I think, I still think. I mean, Night of Living Dead, obviously, was a Kickstarter, 68. But there's something special. Time, place, 1978, Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. filming that movie in the Monroeville Mall in Monroe, Pennsylvania. It feels, it's, it's to me, I always said, I refer to it, it's the Gone with the Wind of all horror movies. It has an epic feel. He, he shot it for like a little over a million dollars, which is still a low-budget movie. But there's something when I used to go to the video store and see that on the video store shelf yeah, and renting that and popping it in and watching it, it's just something special about it. And I love you know, the cat. I love the cast and the scope and the message of it. It's all there. Uh, and outside Classic. of the, outside of the zombie movies too, let's not ignore the crazies, which is really good in 1973. He did. Oh. Um, he did creep show. Uh, don't forget yeah. that. Uh, and and I know you're a fan of Monkey Shines. That was a little, it's an that, interesting mo- movie. Yeah. Monkey Shines. Yeah, I remember Monkey seeing Shines it in the theater actually myself on a Friday afternoon opening day. I went to see that movie. Uh, he definitely a legend, uh, no doubt about it. Um, a legend in other ways. Uh, mainly I like in some, Dead too, but go ahead. Yep, uh, a lot. Yeah, maybe namely uh, in a, his lengthy career on TV and in the movies. How about James Spader, who is six is sixty two years old. Uh, is, is he really 62? Yeah, um, he's been with he's been I mean, he's been around a long time. You go way back into the, you know, the tough turf days and the pretty and pink days. He always played the weasel in the 80s. He always played the weasel best friend. Um, it's a very, very interesting actor. He's hit big on the blacklist. Well, blacklist really put him in another. Then the practice when he took over for Dylan McDermott. I mean, it, 
the, I still I still say the okay. I love the practice, right? And the last season of the practice when they merged those two because it became what it become Boston uh Boston legal. Boston legal, okay. Yeah. But Boston legal was too quirky for me. William yeah. Shatner. But when they had Spader on the last year of the practice, I loved it. Yeah. Like before yeah, they it was got really totally yeah. silly. That yeah. last year was I loved the practice. It was a um a, a terrific show, terrific show with a great, great cast. Do you remember that tough turf movie way back? I do. I just I had a, a, a last year. I had somebody we did a private screening of tough turf because this 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 woman I knew was a fan and she said, oh, could we do a private screening of tough turf? I said, OK, let's do it. And it um, was really interesting viewing. I mean, nobody's going to mistake it for a great movie, but it it it, it fit a time and a place right in the 80s and uh, Denise Richards was a female lead, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yep. I liked her in that film, and and it and he played the the hero. Yep, he Spader. did. And you know, in Pretty in Pink, he played the not hero. Yeah, it's an interesting character he's playing. He did it very, you know, he did it very well. Yeah, he did, and he did it again in Baby Boom. He would play just kind of like this. And then remember the movie Wolf with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah, he's and Jack the, yeah, Nelson, yeah, right. He's a he's the sort of the heel, right? Uh, yep. And remember, uh, talk Je- about a forgotten movie. That, that Absolutely. I, I don't remember the last time that's been on any form of uh, cable. I, I don't remember the last time I seen that movie. I also remember oh. enjoying um, Jack's Back. Uh, yeah, that a has a cult following. Yeah. So yeah. an interesting career, to say the least. And he was very good and funny. Uh, on and the he's office in a Roland too. Emmerich movie, which we'll talk about. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. All right. How about Laura Linney, who's very I mean, now I look at Laura Linney and I can't get Ozark out of my mind. She's just so good. Yeah, in I mean, that I movie. watched her in the big C. I, we like that show. Me and my wife watched that show. On uh, on Showtime, she was good on that. I like her a lot in that. Uh, she's good in Love Actually as well, too. Right, she's taking care Love of her, her 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 brother and uh, the Mothman prophecies. We're both fans of that movie too. Yeah, I like she's that got movie. Got a good role Richard in that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I look at her now, and she is just Wendy Bird. I mean, uh, the Ozark series is just phenomenal, and uh, she takes you know, actually. It to my wife level. just started watching that last night. Yeah, it's first unbelievable. Season one. Yeah, I just watched the whole thing all the way through. It's, it's see, that's the thing about streaming. Yeah, go back and start over. Yeah, people rediscover or yep. every day somebody's discovering one of these shows, right? Yep. Every single day. Yep. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is sixty years old this week. I gotta be a uh, fan. Never a huge fan. Not even back in uh, the the Fast Times uh, day. I mean, yeah, I like that movie a lot, but I, I she was completely off miscast in uh, Backdraft. I, I she was. I, yeah, I, it was I, a I thought, silly I role. Her performance wasn't good. Yeah, but, silly uh, role. Um, and uh, single white female. You didn't like her with uh, Bridget Fonda. I'm not a big fan of that film. How about when she got ripped apart in the Hitcher when she's in between two trucks? You I like that movie a lot. That's good. Yeah. I thought okay, you, we found one. We we got one. You got her getting killed is where you like Jennifer Jason Lee. Says a lot about you. Um, yes. Last yes, but not least, how about Barbara Hershey. How old do you think Barbara Hershey is? She's got to be seventy eight. 74 years old. Okay. This he's saying, okay. Well, Long listen, career. You know, I watch Hoosiers daily. Here's a, here's a bummer. Relax. Okay. Hoosiers. Amazon prime took Hoosiers off. Oh no. Watch it. Now it what? Playing daily for two months. Oh, brother. Hoosiers, Mike Hoosiers. So Hoosiers is your Barbara Hershey movie. Well, I like, I listen, you know, she's. How about the natural? Don't forget. She's the killer in the natural. Yeah, in the yeah. beginning of the film. Don't tell me beaches. I wasn't a fan. No, I'm not a, a beaches money, fan. How about yeah. remember that movie? The Entity back in the uh, mid mid was like early 80s. And she was yeah. uh, haunted by a when, ghost. When, when is the look? At, when's the last time she's worked on film? 
uh, in the theaters. Uh, she's done a TV series called Paradise Lost and a she movie did. called The Manor, which I'm not familiar with, came out last year. Okay. Uh, it looks like a horror movie she did. Um, but something of note, she was on Once Upon a Time on ABC for a while. She's in the second Insidious movie. Is that something? Oh, okay. All right, yeah, 2013. So. Remember, she was also in Black Swan. Uh, that that really good movie from 2010. Very yeah. talented actress. Sure. Uh, um, very beautiful too. Remember, I I just remember her as Mary Magdalene too in the Last Temptation of Christ with uh, uh Martin Scorsese's as well, Chuck. So, uh, okay. but it, it's funny how you know what it is. You watch Hoosiers so many times. You hear Barbara Hershey. What's the first thing you're going to think of? And that's Hoosiers, of course. Although her role in that film is. Eh, you know, it's some, some enough, scratch though. their head at the love angle of that. And I'm in, fine with it. I'm fine with it, too. I am. Although there's probably a, a pretty big age difference there um, for for Gene Hackman and her. I never looked at it that way. Nah, maybe not. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I, so so Hackman just turned 92. She's 74. 18, yeah, years? 18 years. I never yeah. looked at it that way. Yeah. I, so she yeah. was in the 30s when she made Hoosiers. I believe so. Yeah. I'm in 1985. Right. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. OK. Um. All right, Chuck. Well, right around that time, Roland Emmerich was getting his uh, the start of his career as a director and writer and producer. And, you know, we, we figured let's go back and examine his arc of a movie making and see how many times he actually hit. Because it seems like more times than not, he's pissing us off at the theater than he's actually coming through. And you can all go all the way back. He made some smaller fare in uh, in early in the mid 80s science fiction stuff like Making Contact. He did a Michael Perret movie in 1990 called Moon 44. But the first time I remember hearing his name and him getting some recognition is the pairing of Dolph Lundgren and uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme in Universal Soldier. He, He was the director of that and he built off that to get his next big film, big casting for that movie, Chuck. And it was right in the prime of Van Damme's star rising arc. Um, it's not a very good movie, but no. there's some elements to it. Like I remember the Ali Walker character, um, the, the American girl character, actually adding a little bit of spunk to this film. But you're talking about two guys that can barely walk and talk at the same time in an action movie. I, I think you got the most out of him. And it was quite it was a quasi hit, right? That movie did pretty yeah, well. It made some money it made yeah. some money. Then he would build off of that and really get his first um, big movie. Well, big produced movie. You and I are not fans of this, but it man, it, it, it it's it's it, it formed a new life. And he teams up with Dean Devlin co-writing Stargate. Um, boy, oh, boy. Here's my reaction. I remember when, I don't we might have went to see this. Together. I think we did see this together. Yeah, okay. I remember walking out going. My God, it's like watching paint dry. I, it was just so slow for me. The one thing that stood out for me is the awful performance Kurt Russell puts. I mean, he take he strips all character out of Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell talks less in this movie than he does in the thing. It's just he, a presence. Yeah, it's just a presence. And, you know, with a, with a military haircut. Honestly, they built off the the stardom Jay Davidson had right with the the the, the crying game. Right. This was his first movie. Uh, after that, and it, you know they wanted to. But there's a lot of people who like this movie. And Dick, this Chuck, movie. they made a TV series out of this movie. I mean, I know. this is definitely a cult following. I will say, watching it, and especially yeah. the first half of the movie, James Spader adds a lot to this film. Um, and this kind of character pops up a lot in a Roland Emmerich movie. Kind of a nerdy, a high energy yeah. kind of guy yeah. that that weaves his way around the weird action. And that yeah. you know, so I, 
I, I think that's the one thing that I got out of this movie. And and you get that in Independence Day with the Jeff Goldblum character. And that's two years later. And really, this is his Mona Lisa, Chuck, Independence Day, him and Dean Goblin. I agree 100 percent. You know, um, I guess in Independence Day, he, he got the right actors. They use that script well. The actors <laughs> use that script well. Like, I don't know how much his direction went into their performances or the, the actors sort of took the reins. You know, Bill Pullman, that that speech is incredible. It really yep. is. And, and, I mean, and Jeff he co-wrote Goldblum it with Dean a, Devlin. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum's a blast in that movie. And, and Will Smith, who took over that role, which I t- told many times on the show from um, Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan Hawke decided to pass at the last minute and they brought in Will Smith. But, you know, Ethan Hawke, that would have been a different movie. It would have been very different. Yeah. And and uh, obviously, you know, Randy Quaid. I mean, it's so Randy Quaid's oh, every, awesome. Yeah, everything works in that movie. And it's really the first time. I think part of the reason everything works in this movie is the first time you started seeing major landmarks getting destroyed on film. You know, you know, the, the Armageddon's hadn't come yet and all these other movies that he would make later on. And this I is I the first the, time. The, different, the difference is the emotional chord of these actors performing these characters in that script versus against the, the explosions right, and destruction. Right. That's where you got it, it. It evens itself out. He gets away from that later on in his career yeah, where completely. where these films are more grounded in some good dialogue and some good characters. Um, now, I would and, say and God, the, fun, the fun factor is incredible. The fun factor is incredible, which there is none as Dean Devlin and him teamed up again two years later for Godzilla in 1998. And there's the, I mean, I know we have Matthew Broderick in it. He takes that role of that character I was talking about. Um, but Chuck, too much rain, too dark, and we barely even get to see Godzilla. Yeah, and, and the, for whatever reason, the movie just feels flat throughout its running. I just watched this recently because it was on. I was searching for something to watch. I put on, and um, it's f- very flat. And and that running joke with Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. Oh my lord! I mean, it's just like like. You just, you know, something's bad. Cut it out. Like he just rolled a dice on something that just doesn't work. And, and Matthew Broderick, who I always like. Yeah. I, I don't know if he really works in this movie. And then um, he's got a bunch of supporting characters that, you know. Yeah. Hank Azaria. They really, they, they yeah. Really like Kevin Dunn. They really fit. Yeah. It never. Jean, uh, jo- uh, Jean Reno. And people watch that now and look at Maria Patillo and say, who the heck is this girl? Who was the co-star? She, I mean, that, that was a claim to fame, right? Yeah, pretty much. I uh, think she did one other thing. I looked at a bio. Not a lot. Yeah, it's a misfire. Not it's, in it's, it's not. It's not good, and and uh, it really didn't it didn't make a too big of a splash. They had a good opening weekend and, yeah, and petered off. Yeah, uh, the, I will. The the part in Madison Square Garden I enjoyed. Other than that, everything else is a mess in that film. Yeah, it's a mess. Uh, two years later, though, and I know you're a big fan of this movie, and he delves away from disaster movies and really comes through with a patriotic film when he's not a patriot of America, but he makes The Patriot in 2000 with Mel Gibson. Surprising. Yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. I think Mel Gibson's awesome in this movie. Heath Ledger, uh, the villain. Uh, what's his name? Jason Isaacs. Yeah, oh, guy's great. Yeah, it has emotional power. You root like hell for Gibson to get. You know, he's come up and saw that villain. Well, and you start seeing, too, in his career, he's getting um, big directing jobs. And he didn't write this one. This is the first one he really did. Yeah, Somebody else like wrote it. it. And, a, good. and a production and, and a producer said, let's go get uh, Roland Emmerich to direct this movie. 
Uh, the next movie in 2004, it might be the last one I saw at the Zigfield, Chuck. Um, I saw the day after tomorrow and it was, it was crazy because it was opening weekend. And okay. Michael Moore was actually in the audience the night in the Zigfield really? watching the film. You can see him walking around talking to some people. You um, were in there? I, what's that? You were in there? Yeah, I was in there. Yeah, that's Just why I, in, I, I started the sto I started the story saying I was at the Zigfield. No, I, I understand. Yeah, but which, where did I go off the story. rails? Where did I lose you? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just when you said Michael Moore was walking around, I'm like, did he get a press pass? Were you just a bystander? No, it was just he was just he bought a ticket right. and went to the movies. Packed um, house. Packed house. Hmm. Um, so what do you think? Tell me, I'll tell give you my opinion. I will tell you that when we saw it in the theater that night, some of the dialogue in this movie is laughable and some of the mm -hmm. characters like uh, are is, is really a, a big time joke and silly. Um, and 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 the love between Emmy Rossum and, and Jake Gyllenhaal did garner a lot of laughs in some of the quiet moments of this movie. But I will say upon, upon repeat viewing of this film, because when I initially saw it, I did think it took an interesting subject and went overboard with it. But upon repeat viewing and with the likability of its two stars, Dennis Quaid and Jake Gyllenhaal, I think this movie works a little bit better than a lot of people want to give it credit for. There's some good scenes, too, with the wolves and they're trying to get the antibiotics on the on the boat. I like that scene a lot. And when uh, J.O. Sanders dies with Dennis Quaid, I think that's a really good scene. And when the air freezes the helicopter, there's some really good conceptual stuff and some great dialogue reading as well uh, from all the actors, including Ian Holm. It's flawed. It's very preachy and it's silly at times. But upon repeat viewing, it's not as bad as I initially thought. OK, I got two schools of thought here. 2004. I remember this because I'm going to get I'm going to I'm going to. Uh, be honest here with you and the audience. I had, a, I had a very serious anxiety issue that year. Right. And I remember sitting in a theater like I had anxiety about it. This, I just was weird. OK. The first half of this movie, I really like a lot. Like mm -hmm. it rolls. It's exciting. I'm into it. The tidal wave and scenes done to, really to this, well, too. To this yeah. day, when it's because it's on all the time on TV, the first half of this movie I really, really, really like a lot, mm -hmm. like a lot, like almost like Independence Day a lot, like a lot. And then the second half of this movie is all right. It just never elevates itself again in the second half. It's like, OK, it sort of go, it sort of moves and it tells a story and it does what it has to do to complete the, the story. Yeah. But it's like two movies. First half, super good. Second half. OK, so overall, I like it. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I like Dennis Quaid. Um, who was getting a lot? He was Dennis Quaid is getting a lot of good roles, like you know, yep. in these type of movies. Yep, yep. And uh, and in his emotional chord between him, Celia Ward, and, and Jake Gyllenhaal was really good. Right. And I liked Emmy Rossin, and I liked the connection between Emmy Rossin and when you know when she hugs him when he comes uh, you know out of the cold water for body heat. I like that scene, and she's yeah. good. It's hard and, to um, hard to believe she's the, the same one on Shameless all those years yeah, too. Yeah, true. And she's in Poseidon, by the way. Uh, but when the, when the tidal wave sequence and, you know, and, and they get into the bill, I like that stuff. It's really good. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. he doesn't finish the movie. The second half sort of just is like meanders. It's okay. Well, there's First no, half, there's no big climax, right? There's no there big, none. there's no big. Yeah. So it, it kind of takes away from it. Chuck, the next year and I, I and full it disclosure, peaks, it peaks and then it, it peaks early. It, yeah. It peaks it's early. Too early. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's it. His next movie he co-wrote, but I got to be honest with you, I don't even remember. I don't I didn't see it. And that's 10,000 B.C. 
a kind of a, a I would call it a period piece, but we go back all the way to 10,000, Chuck. No real stars in it. It did no, have a I lot no, of big budget. I, I, I had no interest. I got to be honest. Yeah, neither did I. I don't think any reviews weren't good. And I don't think people wanted to see it either. Uh, yeah. So after that, though, there's is another interesting film, which I wanted to like a heck of a lot more than I did like. And I know you like it more than I do. But for 2012, he assembles an interesting cash, all likable people, whether it's Woody Harrelson or John Cusack, all these people, even uh, Tandy Newton and Chiwetel Ejiofor is in it as well. Uh, look, the cast is fine, but the destruction and and the the really the over the top bombastic scenes that he produces in this film is just way too much for me. I mean, you've got John Cusack avoiding the apocalypse four different times in a limousine or an RV. I mean, it just, and then I'm supposed to care about a little dog more than the 10 billion people that just died at the end of the film. I just didn't feel like Roland Emmerich read the room when he made this movie, Chuck, and he just wanted to destroy everything in sight. And it doesn't play well for me uh, on that level. I mean, there's some things I do enjoy seeing the cast in this type of movie, but some of the stuff Oliver Platt does at the end is it the yes, I agree. Here's the thing for me with this movie: almost the same thing with Day After Tomorrow, right? Right. I really like the first half of this film. I like John Cusick a lot in a disaster movie. Yes, it just works. It works, and he, he does a homage scene in the beside to the Poseidon adventure where he's swimming underwater, right? And I like his. I listen that that concept which I use in this movie, which I use in. San Andreas and other in in, uh, the abyss, a strange uh, two people who were in love, were married, have a connection. She's remarried and she reconnects with Cusick at the expense of her new boyfriend. Right. Or whatever. And he he winds up getting killed. Right. Which is sort of like out of the blue. It's at the three quarter mark. And you like his character. He's not a bad guy. He's a good character in it. Yeah. Actually, he's the he's the guy that wrote Spotlight and won an Oscar. Yeah, He's the guy who wrote Spotlight and won an Oscar. But the first there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. The, I know it's bombastic, but he, you know him yelling, "Get in the car!" and get in the limo in the earthquake. Yeah, and 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 it's insane. It's insane, but it's fun. Insane. Okay. Well, here's the thing: and, you, he assembled. And Cusick's a, really good in this movie. Yeah, I know. He's having and a blast. So is Chiwetel Ejiofor. But, here, but here's the problem: good. when they get when they get to those those uh, ships, those, fl- those floating yeah. safety harbors, right? Yeah, the movie starts to go off the rails in. And that is a problem. That is, a, listen, I can't explain it because I don't know him, right? I don't, I don't know Roland Emmerich. I didn't know Erwin Allen, but they both have strengths. Well, one's Erwin Allen was a producer. He directed, but my God, he was not a he was not a director. No. Roland Emmerich does both, but Roland Emmerich can direct. But he 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 doesn't. You're right. He doesn't understand. When he's going over the top, right? And when he goes over the top, the, he crash and crashes and burns his own movie, and you Chuck, can't do that. He has an airplane flying through Vegas, on where millions of people are perishing to their death. Mm-hmm. In a, in that, that I don't but know. It, it was just well done, though. It, I know, but it just rubs me the wrong way. It was too big in and then, scope. And then, and then he throws these kind of like with Erwin Allen and Beyond of Beside Adventure, you know, text. Slim Pickens, ridiculous. Yes. Like, what are you doing? Yes. Like, what? What? Like, one. I know he didn't write the script, but one. Why is that character on a written piece of paper? That's yeah. one. Yeah. And when you're watching the dailies, you have to realize, come on. It's like, a tone. It's, it's a character it's from a different I movie. It, I right. I know it's seventy nine, but now the Russian character in two thousand twelve, right? 
you have yes. to realize like it's, you're going over the, you're going you're going off the rails with this character yeah. it's, it's silly like okay keep him self-contained have him be a minor character one or two or three scenes and that's it yeah right yeah he's too much too much and the and same he, thing with oliver platt character is just too much you can't have someone that evil he, he, he might as well be twirling a mustache yeah right? yeah exactly you tying know, up a girl on a train track right i right. mean it's just, it, but but again, does some good. It, here's the thing about 2012. If you like disaster and FX, does a lot of good things right. Does a lot of things wrong. It's almost like he needs someone. Maybe it's a, a mix. Ba- it's a it's a mixed bag that I that I still enjoy though. Uh, it's almost like it. it feels like to me, Chuck. He needs maybe, and maybe it's it is it was Dean Devlin. Like someone someone standing next to him is like that's a good idea. But let's let's ground this a little bit more I mean, and not do that. You know, let's go back in time just real quick. Seventy two beside adventure. If if Erwin Allen directs that movie instead of Ronald Neem, we're not talking about that. movie. You're right. You're right. We're not. We're not. Ronald Neem grounded that movie in a in a in a dramatic reality. And the effects. With a cherry on the cake that maybe that movie great. Yeah. Right. And obviously, God, they got the cast great actors. I mean, Gene Hagman, you don't get better. Ernest Boy Stella. Stella Stevens awesome in that movie, by the way. She just is really good as Linda Rogo in that film. You don't think so? Well, I, yeah, but I think you just I, I don't know why we're talking about this. Again. No, I, you, but, you, but because my point is, there's a way to do this correctly. I know. We know right? the Poseidon Adventure is the greatest movie of all time, Chuck. We don't have to keep no, going my, back my to point. It. Let's the genre itself. Disaster I understand. Genre, right? Yeah, is there's there's ways to do this right. And there's ways where they get away from character believability and it goes off the rails. You've seen this countless times in this genre. That's why it's a hit or miss genre. Right. But the problem is with 2012 is I think he got the characters right and he got the action wrong. And that's where uh, that's where it fell off the rails. I think all the characters were in play for a really good disaster movie. And he just went crazy. And the the last act is not scripted correctly. No, it's it's no matter how you direct the last act. It's just not scripted right. Chuck, he would actually scale back for quite some time. He did a movie called Anonymous by the uh, a guy who wrote some of Shakespeare's plays. Talk about scaling back a little bit for the next couple of years. But then he would I get another he would get another big buck budget action movie with two big stars at the time. Um, it's, you know, White House down again. I know you're a fan. I am not a fan of this movie. I just think it's I like the Channing Tatum character. I hated Jamie Foxx in this okay. film. Totally miscast. I, I do like this movie. And even though, again, he has issued the last act is a big issue in this mm-hmm. movie. First two acts I, I do enjoy. I, I think there are certain movies where you can dispend your disbelief and just ride with it and say, hey, you know what? This is trying to entertain me. It's going to be shown on when you watch it in the theater, you realize it's going to be shown on cable. And people are going to watch this just to kill time and you know, have have a little fun for two hours. And I think it works on that level. Yeah. And I and again, it has a good villain. Jason Clark's a good villain. Great actor It's fun to see James Woods in that type of character, too. I just could not. I mean, the whole Jamie Foxx thing, it, it just didn't work for me. I liked his uh, relationship with Joey King, Janning Danum and his kid. They blatantly rip off the rock at the end of this film, too. That really rubbed me the wrong way. There's a lot of things wrong with White House down. I did like the the David Banning movie that came out that around the same time too, right, uh, Chuck? The uh, our good friend Gerard Butler. I actually like that one better no, than uh, that, White that, House that Down. One, that was good. That one was really good. Yeah, I think he did better there. Stonewall would come out the very next year about the Stonewall riots, Chuck. I don't know anyone that saw that film. I didn't he, see he, it. He directed that as well. And then the utter disappointment and absolute 
disgust I have for Independence Day resurgence. I don't know if I can sum up in the time we have left. We've talked about this a lot. To what me, do you think this happened? is one what of the worst. What do you think happened there? Tell me. I, I think the I think they got the cast. They got the announcement date, and then they're like, "All right, well, we don't have a script. What the hell are we going to do?" Probably. And boy, it misses every single mark. There's a lot of stuff in bad taste in this film, including what they did with Robert Loggia. Um, yeah, agree. The fact that Vivica, Vivica A. Fox, a. Fox is oh, absurd. It's absurd. What you're they not, did you're, when, when you're writing cat when you're writing a script with that cat with, with doing what they do with that character. Now she's a stripper. Now she's a nurse, right? Yeah. Or a doctor, right? It, it's Who like, knows? Brain like, surgeon. You're, you're, you can't be serious. I mean, you're, you're not. You can't be a serious player doing that stuff. Yeah. It's stupid. This, no, it's stupid. And the, they, they probably lost touch as soon as they couldn't get Will Smith to come back. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they, and they use basically Brent Spiner becomes he died. The main star. People, he died in the first movie. And he becomes a main character in this I, movie. I, could, I, I, it's it mind-boggling to me. Um, and then that's Bill a side Pullman. comic relief character, not it's, a main character. And he wasn't even good in the first and one. Bill Let's Pullman face it. looks old. He looks old. He looks old. It, everything's yeah. wrong. Everything's and wrong. Flat and he's flat. It's just I remember sitting. I went to see the Stradmore. I, I first 15 minutes. I was like, ah, and then, oh, oh boy, it just gets worse and worse it, and worse and yep. worse. And, and all due respect to Chris Hemsworth. breaks he, nothing. All due respect to Chris Hemsworth, he's no Liam Hemsworth. There's no, no I mean, there's no. no, the star power between the two of them is dramatic. Yeah, I, I will say, I think Roland Emmerich rebounded and rallied and actually Midway is done very well. He came out with that a couple of years ago. I thought that was a really good war movie. Yeah, um, I, agree. I think it's better than the original Midway, which Charlton Heston started in way back well, when. I, the, the original one is just too long. It's too long. But I thought this, I mean, despite the, the appearance of Patrick Wilson, who usually jinxes my movies. Hello. I, I thought uh, uh, the really good action scenes. He gets Dennis Quaid, Woody Harrelson. Um, I don't know. I know. I don't think it made a big splash at theaters, but this is a good movie. Yeah, it did okay. okay. Yeah. And it's a lot of special effects. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I was surprised at how much I liked it, considering I was waiting for another disaster from the disaster uh, from a couple years ago with Independence Day. And of course, he's got Moonfall uh, out in theaters this week. And I did see Chuck that. are they rebooting Stargate? Because on his bio, it is announced that he's directing it with Dean Devlin. Writing. I thought I heard something about that a couple of years ago. I don't know if it's going to gain traction or not. We'll see. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, I think overall, to me, if you look at his bot, he's a C plus career. Uh, let me just say this. I know there was talk where he said in an interview that they were contemplating ideas for an Independence Day three. Right, oh, please. But here, no. here's here's the problem. If Spielberg could apologize, and he should not, because I'm a big fan of Hook. Right. Okay. At least Emmerich should come out and say, "Listen, this movie's this movie blows. It's horrible." All right. At least admit that. See, the problem is if you think Dreck is good, that's problematic. Because well, right? you're going to produce more Dreck after that. If right. You think it's hard as a fan to to want to embrace. It's hard to respect that if you don't if you don't realize you're making Drek, that's bad. Yeah, and and usually when it's bad, it totally disconnects with the audience, and and the box office just goes right in the tank. I mean, Resurgence did not make any money, the money they wanted, that's for sure. No. Uh, and you think about it, 2012, Day After Tomorrow, Godzilla, all these movies, such big anticipation. It's big box office is going to be huge, and they all kind of sputtered. Yeah, they, the box but, but having said that, like movies like 2012, though, they could be sold generationally for a long time. Yeah. I mean, 2012 plays on FX. 
channel all the time. I mean, these some of these movies play and they play and they play. I understand. You know what's weird day about these movies? Tomorrow, too. they have to. If you, I don't know have you, how you can find the number, but if you, if you had a lit uh, in the last since its release, the amount of TV airings that movie has had yeah, yeah. is hundreds, Mike, hundreds. It's crazy it about all the time. What's crazy about those movies too? If you ever sat down, Woody Harrelson or John Cusack and. Or any of these movies, be stars in these movies. I mean, would you even get to Woody Harrelson's character in 2012 to even talk about what his what? Like, no. I mean, it's just like it's such a forgettable movie in the pantheon of all these people's careers Maybe, that they probably don't it, even want to it, talk it, about it. But they, they look. You could say that they. If you look at the how many movies Woody Harrelson's done, yeah, he's got some throwaway parts, but you know, it pays the bills. Yeah, I guess. Well, John Cusick got a big paycheck for that movie, Mike. Believe he, me. I know. I know. And now he's making Bruce Willis. La- movies. It guarantee his last big paycheck. That was 2012. That was, probably paycheck. was. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't. He didn't make a lot for that movie he made with Ryan Felipe or or, or Jonathan Skate. He's not making big bucks when he's making these movies with Bruce Willis. If you, if you, if you count the amount of days he worked on. Oh, it, my probably, gosh. He probably worked a week on it or less. Yeah, it's hard to believe, you know, he yeah, we could I, I said and I said this in a text argument that I had with you the other day. I said, are they making it's like Netflix? Are they making movies? Are they making films or are they producing content? And because it was a, uh, one of the big producers in the business said they're not producing. I'm making movies. Movies were made in the 1970s. The Godfather is a movie. Yeah, but right? what was my argument back All to you, Day Chuck? Afternoon is a movie. You said no. You said no. They're making movies. I don't agree. I think they're making content. I so think a lot of this stuff is content. It's not Ernest, really. It's not filmmaking. Ernest goes to camp is a movie. In Police con- Academy. Police Academy Four is a movie. Yes. I mean, no. The, these are yes. all. These are all films. Not in they the all. same. It's. I understand. I listen. You're, the you're Police boxing, Academy Five without boxing, Steve Gutenberg in Miami. That's a movie. How you're about Police Academy in Six here. in Moscow? Is that but a movie? The, yeah, That's not filler. Fair, but not on the scale now. The scale now is just like my God, Mike. The and and, and God, God bless the acting and directing talent. They're going to make. They're making a fortune. Oh yeah, they're making exactly. a the actors. Scripted. None of the actors are hurting for money at all. I, I told you, the manuscripted shows uh, is is going to be six hundred compared to two hundred a few years ago. Well, this I is mean, why the amount of work is incredible, but. There's a lot of there is a there is so much schlock too. That's yeah, being produced. There is, but there's a lot of good stuff too. Let's, there is, I agree. There's a I'm, lot of I'm good not, stuff. I'm not spinning it negative. I'm just telling right. you, it's a very different. It's a very different industry. We're living through a massive change. The change is not today. It's not yesterday. It's now. It's happened, right? Right before our very eyes. COVID will be synonymous in in hot in Hollywood and for for it's changed the game forever. It's turned the yep. wheel in a different direction. Much quicker than anybody would have anticipated, yep. and and streaming is just exploding. Uh, I mean, even like Paramount Plus, he just released a trailer to the, that that making of the Godfather, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, these yeah. are con- these are concepts that would be really good theatrical films, but yeah, yeah, not what they're doing, not what they're doing. All right, Chuck, uh, let's wrap things up there. We'll uh, do we, this all finished? over. This yeah, it? we're finished. That's it. We, another show in the books. I shave, by the way. We'll do this again next week. Mike, always a pleasure to the listening audience. You have a great day. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
podcast by Federated Media.